When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Yas here. Hope you're well. I wanted to start today by saying thank you for tuning in. It's been an incredible journey over the last two years since May 22, where I released the first ever episode of the Coaches Network podcast. And to still be at it now, I can honestly say it wasn't something that I anticipated. But I can't go without saying it would not have been possible without your support. So whether this is your first time listening, you've been with me from the start, or anywhere in between, your support means the world and I want to say a massive thank you to everyone. On that note, it's been two years and there's been a hell of a lot of guests and some amazing conversations along the way. So as we approach the 250th episode of the Coaches Network podcast, I thought it'd be a great time to highlight some of the fascinating conversations that have taken place. So over the next few weeks, I'll be releasing some reruns of some of my favourite episodes of the show and give everyone an opportunity, whether you've been here from the start or recently become part of the Coaches Network family, an opportunity to soak up some of the brilliant conversations. In other news, there's been fantastic work going on behind the scenes. So alongside continuing to bring some great guests and great conversations, I'm pleased to announce that myself and Joe will have some more webinars coming up over the next few months. So keep an eye out for those. And I recently announced that I'll be looking to put together a private coach development community group. Places will be limited and I'll be looking to launch this towards the start of March 2023. So if that's something that's of interest to you and you'd like to know more, please get in touch. Finally, one last request. It does take a lot of time to keep producing the content, especially weekly episodes. So if I could ask you one massive favour, guys, and apologies if you've already done so, but if you could take a moment to leave a review and some feedback on the show, it honestly makes a massive difference to the ratings and how many people can get access to the podcast. But enough of me. As ever, massive thank you and on to today's guest, guys. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas, and today I've got my co-host with me, my longtime friend, Damini Onifade. How's it going, Dams? I'm all good. I'm all good. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And guys, today we've got an unbelievable guest with us. Uh, you know, the honour is definitely ours. We've got Mr. Shaquille O'Neal himself. How are you, Shaq? It's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> um, right, Shaq, you know what? You know, it's, been a, it's been a long and difficult year for everyone. But, you know, just to kind of get the conversation started, I just want to start saying Merry Christmas and hope you've had a, a good day today. Um, yes, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Salam alaikum. Uh, shout out to everybody. Big ups to everybody in London. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Likewise. Um, just want to kind of, you know, really get a brief insight to your journey and, you know, how you've kind of, you know, got to where you got to today. You know, I want to take you right back to the start of your playing career as a, as a basketball player. And, you know, would you mind just giving us a bit of insight on what that was like? I got to, I got to become who I am today by trials and tribulations by trials of wanting to be the best and tribulations of, you know, doing whatever I had to do to become the best. I'm the type that when I see somebody doing something more than me, I want what they have. Like every time I go to London, I see Prince Charles, how he wrote, I want to be a Duke. I want to be a Prince. So stuff like that, you know, motivates me. Uh, I went to, I went to meet with him one time and they treated me so well. And you know, the way he lived, the way certain people live in London, I just wanted that lifestyle as a youngster. So I always tell all the kids, no matter where you come from, if you have that drive, you have that determination, you, you could become who you want to become. Because I wasn't the smartest guy, I wasn't the greatest athlete, but my drive was just so crazy. If you had something I wanted, 
I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to get it. Most out, and I think that you know that that mentality, you know, certainly one that I think everyone should try and adopt from that. But you know that that mentality has obviously led you down a career path of, you know, uh, four NBA championships, you know, three-time NBA, you know, final MVP, um, and obviously the three, you know, the three P with the Lakers. You know, what what was that experience like? You know, working, you know, going from the going with the Lakers and then working on the Phil Jackson, playing alongside Kobe, and you know the rest of that. It's all about dreaming. As a youngster, I used to always watch the Lakers and Magic Johnson and Kareem and the Celtics and the Pistons. And I always said, if I get to that level, I want to be recognized as a champion because I met those guys when I, when, when I was young and they were, of course, getting older. The people treated them like gods. And I was like, you know what? I, I want this type of treatment. So, you know, it took me a while to get there. But once we got the blueprints, Kobe and myself, especially playing with Phil, it was easy for us. So we was able to win three in a row and uh, like I said, as a kid, if you have dreams and aspirations, just follow them and don't ever stop. Like, there was a lot of times I said to myself, before you succeed, you must first learn to fail. So I learned how to fail and I learned how to, you know, capitalize off my mistakes. And I just kept saying, okay, I don't know how long I'm going to play, but I ain't going to lose every year. Mm-hmm. And every time I lost, I just hungry and hungry and hungry. And then by the time, you know, we got to L.A. with Phil, I was just so hungry. I was like, you know what, I just got to dominate. Not, not play well, not play great. I got to dominate. I got to make people quit. I got to average 40. And I did that all year. And I did it three years in a row. Just on that, you talked there about, you know, having that mindset of just wanting to, wanting to dominate. And, you know, and obviously the idea of you need to learn how to fail before you can succeed. That's not always easy for people to kind of get around to. So, you know, what were the, some of the keys that helped you, I guess, develop, like, maintain that mindset? Well, it's only it's only one key, one key element. You know, you set a goal and you gotta just go towards it. So, like, if I'm trying to if I'm trying to get to uh, Buckingham Palace and I make a left and I end up in another part of London, I gotta go back to the hotel and start all over the next day. I'm not gonna say, oh, I missed Buckingham Palace. Now I gotta get on a flight and go back to the, no. I'm gonna go back to the hotel and then I said, okay, yesterday I turned left, so I'm not gonna turn left today. I'm gonna turn right. Damn, Buckingham Palace is not this way either. So I'm going to just keep going and going until I get to where I got to go. Don't matter how many times I fail. Once I fail, I know not to make the same mistake twice. Some people fail and just quit. I don't ever quit. And I think, you know, that, you know, I've kind of really got to commend that mentality. And, you know, your career has obviously shown that, you know, having that mentality has certainly served you well. Just have another quick question. Obviously, you know, your time at the Lakers, you know, um, you want to talk about the late, great Kobe Bryant. You know, what was it like playing with Kobe? Obviously, you know, one of the true greats of the game, like yourself. What was it, it was, about him that made him who he was? It was, it, it was fun. It was, it was I was playing like a younger version of myself. Somebody that had the same mentality. And I think a lot of times guys worry about titles instead of worry about certain things. We were both worried about whose team it is, who's the best player on the team. And, but, you know, when it came time to realize we had the job to do that. three championships in a row but you know the older you get people want to be they want to be able to, to you know do things on, on their own so you know in business of basketball you know business just took over and they, they chose him and you know I had to do something else which was a, a fine with me and if I had all over do it again I wouldn't change anything you know a lot of people think oh you didn't get along it's not that we didn't get along we always respected each other that's all you that's all you need I don't know how you guys do on your podcast, but I can tell you guys are good friends. I'm sure every now and then you get into an argument. 
but I can tell you have respect for each other. As long as you got respect for each other, nothing else matters. So are we were we best friends? Nope. Were we best friends on the court? Yep. That's all that matters. Mm. Um, and speaking of him, um, like you, the two of you have transcended basketball um, to the extent where you're an icon. Even people who don't know anything about the NBA or, or whatever. I was just saying to my parents, I'm going to go interview Shaquille O'Neal. My parents can't tell you the name of any other basketball players, but um, they definitely know you. They definitely know Kobe Bryant. I, I kind of want to know how you got to that iconic statement status and, and when did you realise you were an icon? I got to the iconic status because I never changed. Mm -hmm. I want kids able to look at me and say, that's me. See, a lot of times we look at these superstars and they do outlandish stuff and a lot of kids say, I can't do that. I would never do that. I'm not that smart. But I want kids to be able to look and be like, that's me. Damn, I got tattoos, he got tattoos. I got braids, he got braids. Shaq like rap music, I like rap music. Shaq got the 26s on the truck. So I want them to be, I want to be the portal for them to see how I did it so they can use that information so they can get to the next level. I'm not one of these, blah, 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 blah. I don't do that to the kids because I'm not that guy. I want them to be like, hey, and I always tell them, this is how I did it to get this next level. And I'm giving you the answers to the test. You can follow it. You know, you can add some of your own stuff to it and it may work for you. Cheese, lettuce, tomatoes. And so just a follow up question. Talking to my Yeah, no worries. I, I gathered. Um just a follow up question yeah. to that. Um yeah. I know I know you're from, from New York. My mama yeah. making cheese. Oh yeah? Yes. I'm kind of jealous. Um yeah. I know you're from New York, New Jersey. Um to the point like that's from what I understand over here, um that seems like it was the hood, but so many amazing characters, amazing people have come out of there. Um what, what was in the water there that, that, that's created so many iconic people just like yourself? And also how important was it for you to see other people make it? Um, well, uh, and, uh, it was nothing there. It was nothing there. You get mm. tired of just being, you get tired of being broke. You get tired of being poor. What I can say about my people in Newark is they did a great job of keeping me out of trouble. Cause look, mm. I, I used to like knuckle up. I used to like to do all that stuff. They always used to be like, no man. You go play ball, you focus on that. Cause like they believed in me before I believed in myself. My cousin used to always tell me, nope. Uh, we about to go over there and handle these dudes. You stay your ass in the house. We get back when we get back. Don't come outside. If I see you outside, I'm gonna knock your ass out. We gonna go fight these dudes. You stay in your house. If you come outside, I better see you on that basketball practice. They knew that I was gonna be what I am today. And they did a great job of protecting me. But look, I was just used to sit in the house like, especially on Christmas. I didn't get nothing on Christmas. I used to say to myself, when I get rich, I'm going to buy whatever I want. When I get rich, I'm going to buy my mama. Like, it was just got, I just get so mad and get so so driven from not having nothing. You know, people just, you know, got to use their talents, you know, to get out. So, Shay, I just want to take you back to something you touched on a little uh, while ago and you talked about uh, giving some of the younger, you know, people about the, the answers to the test, essentially. Now, get you know, get a bit more insight around that. You know, what is I guess your career and you know being having having worked under the, you know the coaches like Pat Riley and Phil Jackson and, and the rest of them. What is the what have all those experiences taught you about leadership? 
Well, I, I realized that either a leader is born or a leader has to be made. But ever since being a great pep player, people say, you're the leader, you're the leader. I never knew what that mean. So I bought every leadership book. I talked to people. And then I came to the conclusion that, okay, all these people follow me because I'm the best player. Now, if I want to win, I have to lead them. Then I learn how to become a leader. When I say I'm giving the, the answer to the test away, I always tell people things that are difficult, you break them down to the simplest form. So this is how I made it. One, I listened to my mommy and daddy. That's one. Two, I became a leader and not a follower. All the kids out there doing that crazy stuff, you know what's going to get you in trouble. You know what's not going to get you in trouble. So you got to stay on the right path. Three, I was able to find something that I was good at. And then, and then at four, after I did that, I just, you know, capitalized off that. And that's all it was for me. I am not a, I'm not a Wall Street guy. I'm not a genius. I'm not an internet tech guy. I just took those four simple things and just stayed with it. Boom, boom, boom. And then number five, never give up on nothing. And that's how I became who I am today. So, you know, I tell people that and I look at them, I tell them sincerely, and hopefully they can take that and, you know, become something. I'm 48 years old. Every year I always meet somebody that say, hey, man, you inspire me. I'm doing business with a guy now that's a hedge fund billionaire. He said I went to his high school and talked to his high school. And then he went to college, boom, boom, boom. Now he's a hedge fund billionaire doing a lot of real estate in Atlanta, and he put me in on a couple of deals. Just kind of on that thing, you know, kind of delve a little bit deeper into it. I'm interested to know you've had an experience now, you know, and had inspiration for others. But who's inspired you? And I want to know, you know, you know, in your own career, in your own journey, have you only had any particular individuals or experiences that you've, I guess, really learned big lessons so from? When I was coming when I was coming up, the first guy I admired was Muhammad Ali. Everybody loved him. White, black. Then he kept it real. He did it his way. I was like, oh, I'm keeping that. Second guy was Dr. J, smooth. He was the first, he was the first real smooth guy in the NBA. Bam. Next guy was Magic Johnson. Happy, smile, nice to everybody, courteous. And the last guy was Michael Jordan, dominant. Kill your ass, not smiling. He was so good that everybody just quit when they played against him. Those are the four elements that I bring into myself. But the biggest one was Muhammad Ali. He was so big and so in his personality, but he always kept it 1,000. That's what I do. Not be fake to the kids. I cannot be fake to the people. That's not something I do. Can't do it. Mm. So I guess, you know, kind of, you know, had a long career and, you know, you don't go about never wanting to give up. But, and I'm not looking for anything extraordinary in terms of response to this question, but. What's helped you to stay inspired and keep motivated throughout that journey? And then obviously you've now taken that into your career post-playing. What helps me stay inspired is my mother watches TV every day. And I don't want her to be disappointed by me doing some bullshit. See what I'm saying? Mm. Another thing that keeps me inspired is I have six children that look up to me. The third thing that keeps me inspired is your children look up to me. So if I'm going to be the portal for them to get to that next level, I can't be out there doing bullshit. I can make mistakes. I can be human, but I can't be doing stupid stuff. You know what I mean? So that's what keeps me humble and keeps me motivated. Because I know that, that that there's people that really, there's people that's really looking up to me. And guess what? I was looking up to Muhammad Ali. He never let me down. Dr. J never let me down. Magic never let me down. Mike never let me down. So I, one, I'm not going to let my mama down. 
Two, I'm not gonna let my kids down. And three, I'm not gonna let your kids down. So that's the only thing that keeps me motivated and it keeps me humble. 100%. I think, you know, I definitely, you know, I totally respect that. And then I'm just curious now, and obviously, obviously over the years in your coach, in, in your playing career in particular, you know, to kind of link it back to this particular podcast, you know, this, um, you know, I'm, I'm a football coach. Um, so I work, you know, work with athletes and more specifically in the sport of football or soccer, as you guys know it. I'm very interested to know if you can maybe share an example when you feel that you might have received your best coaching and what that looked like and I guess the impact it might have had on you in those moments. Say it again. Uh, so just curious to know, you know, throughout your your playing career, when you, you know, if you can provide us with an example of when you feel that you received your best coaching from from any of the coaches that you played under. Uh, probably Phil Jackson. And the reason why Phil Jackson let us figure it out. You know, just shot you, you're a good player, you're a great player, but this is what you're going to need to get to that next level. He showed us, and then he, he he let us figure it out. Like, if you remember our games, when we lost leads, he never called timeout. Like, no, play through it. You out there bullshitting around, play through it. So I think his coaching was the best. And then coaches can only guide you. You have to have the talent and the knowledge and the ability and the want to to go over and take over a game. You know, especially, you know, especially like in soccer. Of course, I know you got a game plan, but, you know, like if you got a one-on-one matchup and you know you're nice with the feet work and the score is tied, you got to get around this guy. You either want to pass it like the coach say, oh, let's pass it, or you got to say, no, I'm going to get around this guy because I know I'm going to tie. How about get around him? Now it's one-on-one. I'm probably going to score. So you got to have that mentality. So that's the mentality I had. I was like, listen, coach going to tell me what to do, but I got to take over this game because as the leader, I got to make sure we win. Mm. You know, and that's quite, that's quite an honourable thing to do. I guess you know, and a brave thing to do at times because a lot, you know, there's a lot of players that kind of maybe don't step up to the plate often enough in that respect. But at the same time, a lot of coaches don't often give the players the ownership to be able to do that. Um, so I guess you know, just kind of building on that. Then I would, I'm curious to know maybe what was what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in your in your in your whole journey as a player? You know, from start to I guess when you eventually. You well, know, only only. One challenge, that was my, my free throws. But, like, when I really buckled down and needed to hit them during the, like, last couple of seconds, I was always hitting But, you know, I was – I think a lot of times I was worrying about my percentage and it just didn't go through. But when I needed to hit them, like, in the finals, I, I always stepped up and hit them. Mm. But I think that was God's way of just keeping me humble. Mm. As dominant as I was, what if I shot 90% from the free throw line? I'd probably be a hard person to deal with. I probably be. I probably wouldn't be on the podcast now. I'd be. I'd be better than all those other players. I'd be so arrogant. So I just, you know, just a way to you know keep me humble. You out? Oh. Brilliant. And then it's kind of you know I just want to as we start to kind of wind down now. Then you know I'm curious. You know if you had an opportunity to go and speak to yourself, you know you've had a very successful career. You know one that you seem to be very happy with, nonetheless. If you had an opportunity to go back and speak to your younger self, maybe when you were starting out, first coming into the NBA, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do nothing different because I was always a connoisseur of doing it my way. And when I said to myself, I said, "I'm gonna be the next Ali. I'm not I'm not gonna do what you want me to do. I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna say what I want to say. If I want to do rap music, I'm gonna do it. If I want to do rap video, I ain't, ain't nobody stopping me because we don't get these opportunities. I'm taking full advantage of these opportunities and. While I'm doing that, I'm gonna bust your ass on the basketball court. 
I wouldn't do anything different. Nothing at all. Obviously now, retired player, uh, an excellent one at the NBA Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, you talked there about doing whatever you want and, you know, you, you did that exactly. You know, you're still doing that. You're going into film directing, moving into, you know, you even had a four rap albums. Currently a pundit for the NBA. But what's next for Shaquille O'Neal? I know you've got loads of ventures out off the court and outside the game too. Where does Shaquille O'Neal go next? Well, now I'm, all, now I'm all about making people happy. I'm all about just making people smile. I was in my DMs one day and I got a DM from this beautiful girl from London. She wanted me to be on her podcast. I told her I was doing it. We kind of lost contact, but she said she really wanted me to do it. That's why I'm here with you fellas. So I'm just all about just making people happy and making people smile. That's it. Brilliant. You know, just, like, just on, a, on a final note, obviously, like I said, it is a, a coaching-related podcast or anyone that may be passionate about athlete and personal development in general. If I gave you 60 seconds now to kind of wrap up one golden nugget for us or maybe a couple within the 60 seconds, what would that be for people to maybe think about applying in their own journeys? I would say if you have a coach, that means they know something that you do not know. So I urge you to listen I urge you to take those jewels in. I urge you to I urge you to become better. I urge you to work hard. I urge you to find out whoever your favorite player is and steal everything he has. If you like soccer, look at Lionel Messi. Look at, if you like uh, NFL football, look at all the best players. If you like basketball, look at LeBron, look at Kobe as a youngster and steal all their stuff. Yeah. And remember, there can never be no next. You have to be the first. But all the stuff that's given to you is information. When you watch Jordan do a move, that's information. That's not his move. That's your move. Mm. You saw it. You take it. You practice it. You develop it. You become the best that you can be. So I urge these kids to use the information and listen to the coaches. Coaches are there to – coaches see things that you don't see. So you can be the greatest player in the world, but you can still not see something. And you have a guy, a coach, that can tell you something. Just think about it. John Wooden was a little small white guy. I'm, I don't even know if he played basketball or not. But you see what he did at UCLA? The knowledge he had, he had great players, but the knowledge that he gave those guys made him even great. So, you know, make sure you always listen to your coach and, you know, make sure you always listen. Because even if you become great, you have to really say to yourself, did I become great by myself? The answer is no. If you look at that, the clock in London, Big Ben, they always talk about how the clock looks, but they don't talk about the stuff that's inside the clock that makes the clock go. Those are the people that work hard, and those are the coaches. Brilliant. Jack, you know, I just want to thank you again for your time this evening. I know, obviously, you know, you're celebrating Christmas. All right. We do definitely appreciate your time, and uh, I'd just like to say thank you again. Thank you, brother. It's been a pleasure for us. And I'll talk to you soon, inshallah. Inshallah. All right. All right. Respect. London, respect. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.